Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today on Barbecue and Tech, this is episode four, and you know we got to talk about these are some of my favorite things. And if you wonder why my voice sounds so bad singing, it's because I wasn't the one who grew up in the choir. It was Chris. <laughs> and uh, his 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 dulcet, beautiful tones would actually flow out very well. Also, we got to give a quick shout out to Chris because uh, he's been on the list to get that Ford F-150 Lightning truck. And it looks like it's entering production. So I know it has nothing to do with barbecue, but I well, know you were excited. You, oh. If you're going to tailgate, you <laughs> got to have a good truck, in my opinion. So, you know, and I'm not saying I'll never tailgate again. I did give up my my season tickets, but that doesn't mean I'll never tailgate again. But uh, I uh, the, with electrical outlets, you can run all the crock pots that you have at a barbecue right out of the back of the F-150. Man, come on. That that would be uh, very, you know, it would lessen the amount of stuff that I used to take to these tailgates. So I, I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to the truck. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about like sitting in your truck with inverters and having to periodically start the truck so you didn't just kill the battery with all the stuff you're trying to power. And like now it's just like a, and this is just nothing. But plus the front trunk space to carry groceries, the back for all the equipment. Oh my god, I'm so looking forward to this thing. So we'll see, we'll see. Well, you know, everything's looking good until I bring it home and then get through a week of buyer's remorse. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not a, it's not a real thing yet. <laughs> that there's true because believe me, the moment you sign those papers, buyer remorse kicks right on in immediately, and you just kind of get sick to the stomach. I don't, you know, I'm sure uh, everybody gets that, but you know, I spent and you know, I'm not crying. It's, you know, I I own a truck with an extended gas tank on it, but I, you know, you go into you go to fill up the tank, and then you go to the go inside. Maybe you want to grab a protein bar or or drink, and uh. You come back out and, uh, you do, you know, for me, I'm like, I want to go in, grab what I want to get real quick, come back out. And because of the gas prices, I want to shut it off before the tank is actually full. And the last time I went, the line was crazy long. And of course, now you got the long line. And then you got the people in there that's like, you know, they need to do, they need this specific cigar or cigarette. 
that the person can't find anywhere on the shelves. And it just, and then I got out there. <laughs> I felt like, uh, what you call him from Boys in the Hood? <laughs> I was looking at the pump and I was like, Ricky! You know? <laughs> I was running back, but it was too late. As soon as I got to the truck, I heard ka-chunk <laughs> because it finished $129 to fill the tank, my man. Ugh. I've never seen that on any vehicle of my own. I've owned a ton of trucks. And, uh, man, oh, my God. I, I was just devastated. I definitely had a tear rolling down my face. I was like, what have you done? Yeah, I just, you know, it's not, I don't, you know, we work from home, so we don't spend a lot in gas on a week to week basis. So, but I yep. have no real, real need right now to even f- to fill the tank either. You know what I mean? So being able to get out of this cycle is uh, definitely something that I'm definitely looking forward to. So uh, brother, I am with you on that one. That is, it is a key. Uh, I mean, mind you, I've been driving an electric car for five years now, so I don't, I don't feel the pain of the pump that everyone feels, but it doesn't mean um, that I don't hear it from my friends of like, oh, you think you're Mr. Special because you're electric. I was like, I didn't say that. I don't know the gas prices. I don't look at them because they don't impact me day to day. But to be fair, when I do see them, they are insanity. Because I can remember filling up at that point in time before I went electric, I had a, a Land Cruiser. And I can remember filling up the Land Cruiser. And for me, the changing point was when the pre-authorization of $75 on your card was no longer sufficient to fill my tank, which meant I had to fill, stop, refill, and then put it in again just so I could finally fill. So right. essentially I would eat up all the 75 and then had to add, you know, their five or $10. And apparently now considering you spent 129, they must be pre-authorizing up to about 150 on your card so they can fill. Didn't stop. Didn't say, oh, no, it's too much. Nothing. I love how all these things work together. But anyway, I don't want to complain about that. I am definitely looking forward to getting the, the new truck. So, All right. So, uh, again, I, 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 I highly doubt anybody in this group is listening to Oprah Winfrey shows. Maybe, maybe you are. Uh, I don't have time to listen to daytime shows, but she has a, a segment or a show of her favorite things. And we figured that in barbecue, you got to talk about what some of your favorite things are. Yeah. Well, you know, on all these episodes we've done so far. And first off, once again, thanks to everyone that's been listening to the show, sharing your show out, um, joining us on the discord. Come on over to our discord. If you have, if you're not there yet, we're having some great conversations. Um, you know, helping each other get better at this craft. None of us are experts. I don't pretend to be an expert. Rod is not no expert. You know, it's just, we've got a lot of experience. We're sharing some of the stuff that we've gone through and then, you know, taking tips from other folks that they've gone through and learn and just all of us try to get better together at this. You know, this art that we like to do called smoking food. So yeah, you shout out it. to everybody that's coming to hang out with us. Um, but, uh, you know, it, we, we mentioned a lot of the different things that we use, the different tech that we use to create our barbecue. And so we wanted to take an episode and just kind of, you know, just kind of talk about some of the favorite things and why there are favorite things that we use. And, um, generally we, when we start these shows, we go through three tips. You know, just to kind of make it a concise uh, segment. But on this one, we're going to do a little bit different. And I'm just going to give you one tip. And so even though we're going to definitely mention some things that will make your lives easier when it comes to smoking food um, and, and grilling and barbecuing and sous vide, you definitely want to learn 
the touch and feel of what your food looks like and what you did. Pay attention to everything that you did is probably my first thing, right? So if you make your own rub or you put a combination of rubs together, you definitely want to pay attention to the amounts, the order you put things on so that you can eat the food, enjoy it, but then understand if you're like me, your brain immediately goes to, I could have did this better. I could have did that better. How do I make this better? Okay, this is good. What's different? This is bad. What did I mess up on? And so I really try to pay attention to everything that I did on a particular cook so that the next one I can continue to improve. And I would encourage everyone that's you know listening to this and taking tips from us to do the same thing. Look at what you did figure it out, and then make minor changes to go forward from there. Two, I would tell you, and I've, you've heard me say this numerous times, but don't just rely on your gadgets, right? Because at any moment, power outage, batteries, you know, even like stuff like food thermometers, um, the probes go bad all the time, and it just starts giving these whack readings. So be able to you know, when your brisket is done or your pulled pork is done, hold it in your hand. You know, obviously put some gloves on so it's not going to burn you, but, you know, touch it, feel it, look at the bark, feel the bark, get an idea of what the finished product looked like, felt like, smelled like, and then later on how it came broke apart or how it was sliced, how it, you know, how it felt, how it tasted, everything so that you can associate all of these things together because these pros that you see out there that are out there uh, competing, a lot of times they just touch the brisket and they're like, not ready yet. Doesn't have the feel I'm looking for or, or to just shake it like, a you know, it's like oh, not enough wobble or too much, you know, look at the bark visually, not dark enough. So that would definitely do that. Go ahead, Rod. Probably ties back to like create a notebook because no matter what you do with, you know, like when you, if you do like the gym, test and you say like, I'm going to tap it. Like I, you know, all right. When I tapped it, it looked like I got two jiggles out of that. And I thought that was perfect versus when I tapped it and I got six jiggles out of it, it all wind up being overcooked. The more you document and write that down, think of it no different than if you, if you're like a wine connoisseur or uh, a beer connoisseur where you like craft beers, you often will, you often use one of these websites to document the taste profile you got out of beer so that it can one recommend other beers to you, but more importantly, so you know what you like. And I think what you're getting after Chris is ultimately, if you kind of understand the touch, the feel, the smell, the taste that you're trying to go for in your brisket or whatever kind of meat it is, the more you write it down, the more you'll see the similarities that my best briskets, when I tapped it, I got four jiggles, no more. Any more than four, it's overcooked. Any less than four, it's undercooked. So I, I got to be right at perfect tap. And the color I'm looking for is like a, a, a slightly darker than a mahogany, but not as deep as a whatever uh, wood color. Like a, And that yeah. could be based on the wood you're using too, right? So if you're switching out your woods, pay yep. attention. Because if you use something like a cherry or a mahogany, it, your, your meat was going to come out a lot redder. Then if you use an oak or a pecan and then so, you know, combinations of wood, all of that stuff. Try, I encourage you to try everything. Try everything out. 
you know, it, it's it's very rare you're going to make a barbecue that you just can't eat. Right. So what's the you know the worst? The worst is you had to throw it away because, you know, it's just trash. But most of the times you're not going to have it's, that. Right. You just got to keep pressing. Yeah, it's so rare. I mean, even if you even if you slightly overcook a, a brisket, one could argue that you could probably put it into a chili and it's perfect, you know? Like yeah, it, definitely, definitely, definitely. So there's, yeah, so there's, so no matter what it is, burgers, brisket, smoked food, whatever, you know, pay yeah. attention to everything that you're doing without the tools so that the tools just make the process easier and then allows you to, you know, even get more, achieve more perfection out of it. So yeah. I'll just give you those tips up front because that's what I strive for. That's how I got, have gotten better at this craft. And uh, I think it'll definitely work for anybody who's listening to this too. So with that, then uh, Rod and I were having this conversation. We we're talking about the different tools and gadgets and looking at new ones that we want to mess around with. Um, I've been playing around with this barbecue guru controller for the last couple of weeks. And then, uh, so it kind of led us to believe it's like, you know what, we probably should have a conversation about this on the show and, uh, just kind of pinpoint some of our favorite things. And so we have probably stuff that we've narrowed down within our top five. Some of the, some of the items will be shared between us and then some of them will deviate in its location, but we definitely, uh, have some honorable mentions on the list as well. For me, I would say in my, Hmm. What would, what would I put in? Do you have a? Did, we had one that we said we were designated as one of our first honorable mentions. So for me, oh, honorable mention, not number one. Yeah, yeah, honorable mention. So, so uh, it, gloves for gloves, me, it's, right? It's the, uh, it's the so an honorable mention to me. Yeah, the under the not the black gloves that you see every barbecue person wearing. But it's the heat resistant gloves that are <laughs> underneath those gloves that every barbecue person is wearing because their hands aren't made of lead. They're, I mean, they're, to me, that's like probably the first thing I would go for. Yeah. And for me, it's, that's still an honorable mention right now, even though I mentioned the last time we talked about them is that, uh, I just, I don't know. I'm having trouble picking up hot food like I used to. <laughs> so, um, but we'll see. But right now, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, it makes life a lot easier when you can get some hot mitts, throw on some, uh, gloves on top of it and just grab the food right out of the smoker, um, instead of trying to finagle a spatula or something. Cause so even when I do salmons, I have a spatula that's probably about almost like a foot long. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it helps me to grab, yeah, take the salmon. Nice thing take this take the salmon right out you know but uh if 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 i could if i could finagle my hand underneath it i would do that first right so right um being able to grab a um pull pork when it's time to wrap a brisket when it's time to wrap um ribs when it's time to wrap you know just grab them directly and then put them in a pan or something so you can wrap them i think is uh really really good so definitely that's on my honorable mention list uh, as we talk about it too, I'll probably come up with some other things that are on my honorable mention list. But I would say, I, I, honestly, I think that spatula that you mentioned is absolutely something that should be on any list. Because yeah, it's a you know it's such a niche thing though, right? Because I don't know how many people need a spatula that big, but it's been one of the I've had it for years, and every time I smoke like a large piece of salmon it's been the thing that i've gone to. It's, it's just automatic right i just grab that bad boy and then immediately uh take it and uh when it's time to get the salmon off the off the grate and slide it on there because that thing is big enough to get probably 
70% of the salmon. And then I just take a smaller one to grab the other 25 and then just right. lift it right up and put it on a tray and boom, good to go there. So definitely, yeah. Um, it, it, it would definitely be part of a top 25. I'm sorry, top, uh, honorable mention list uh, as well. Another thing I would mention is this is not smoking, but on, on the grill is my, gr- my, uh, mil- cheese melting dome. Um, oh, yeah. I love that thing. And while it's not essential to anybody's barbecue or, you know, or, or, or grilling process, it does make a nice melted cheese, especially on a, on a griddle, right? And, uh, so when I take that, uh, dome and it has a handle on it to make it easy to transport, and then I just slap the cheese on the burger, you know, and then uh, just takes like a little bit of water and just pour it on the grate on the griddle next to the burger and then put the dome on it. Get that steaming effect instantly melts that cheese. Man, I love that thing. So that's definitely uh, another honorable mention that I would give. Do you have one? For um, yeah, I was going to say, honestly, the things that you just mentioned are probably spoiled on. I mean, if you're going towards the the grilling side of of what it is we do i'd I'd probably say something that for me flirts in there is the sous vide obviously because you can't it's it's a i don't want to say it's a struggle for people to get steaks perfect but you this makes it like brain dead simple and then if all you have to do when you're going to your blackstone to finish it off or going to your grill to finish it off is get that perfect sear on the outside which is super easy when you get it your grill nice and hot is to put it on a minute or so, a minute or so per side, flip it and then pull it off and you're done and you have perfect cooked steak, chicken, whatever it might be. I, I think for me, an honorable mention would be sous vide because it, it, while it doesn't replace the entire part, I, I, I don't think anybody's foolish to believe when I smoke food, when I grill food, I actually get smoked flavor into it. I mean, it's well, what you get is so minor. Uh, it, uh, to me, sous vide just makes perfect sense. Cool. Okay. So for me, my probably my top five favorite gadget is my Carlisle front load food warmer. That's my number five. That thing has is just awesome. And the reason why is it allows me to quickly transport food to other locations. Like when uh, Rod and I get together, that thing is always coming with me. Um, when I need a place to easily store my briskets or my pork shoulders or butts uh, for a couple hours and I want to keep it nice and warm, that thing is awesome. Tailgating, awesome. Picnics, cookouts, awesome. I got a buddy of mine who uh, is asking me to smoke uh, upwards of probably... 10 whole chickens for him for an event that he has at his house. Um, he, he's basically engaging with a bunch of us in our group that uh, smoke food. So he wants me to do a bunch of chickens because his family went nuts the last time I did it. So when I transport all those chickens, you know, I'll cut them into quarters, but in the end, that's the thing that I use to transport them, keep them warm, you know, and definitely, uh, give him a great product, right? Cause my name is on that. So, you know, this is something I'm doing for free. I'm not charging him, but, uh, definitely my, would be my top five and my number five in my top five list. Yeah. And I think, I think we both at least, um, to some extent we agree on the food. 
I, it's funny. I always hate the name food warmer because it makes me think that it's actually trying to increase the temperature in the food and versus preserve the temperature. And like I've said, I don't do nearly the volume of cooking at any individual time that you do because you make it, let's be honest, you're, you're virtually catering events, even though you're not doing it at a commercial level, but you're catering something for a family that might be having a big get together. But even in a, home cooking standpoint, I, I, I still blow, it still blows my mind watching people cook. And like, I'm like, when are you going to rest the meat? Like wh- you finish cooking it, don't cut it. Like let it rest. It's okay to eat in 10 minutes. Everything doesn't need to finish as soon as the meat comes off the grill. It needs to finish about 10, 15, 20 minutes after the meat comes off the grill or sometimes a couple hours later. And to that, I'm not going to go down the pathway of the, the food warmer that you have just because it's, it's a, it's a, to me, it's, it's a, a single bit purpose much, item. But, yeah. But it, they have smaller ones too. But yeah, definitely not for everybody. Yeah. But, but I will use my cooler. So, and I think everybody has a cooler. To me, that's a multi-purpose item versus single purpose. It's like, um, it's like people saying, I have a melon ball scoop. And it's like, yeah, uh, okay. But uh, I mean, if I can only use it for scooping melon balls and I know that you can, they're multi-use devices, it's not, it's not great for me. What mm-hmm. I need is a cooler because I can use it as a cooler. Uh, when we go out and we want to put drinks in or we're traveling and we're mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. meats with us, but I can also use it during the off season when I'm smoking and I can just throw stuff into a cooler and it's designed is to maintain or closely maintain a temperature. And it, it serves the same purpose. No doubt what you have is better because you have, you have racks and trays and all that stuff. And I don't, I don't get that, but I don't feel like I'm missing out because again, I don't have the volume. So if I think if, if someone's going down the pathway with you with, um, I'm cooking five chickens, six racks of ribs and four briskets, then they need what you're doing. If you're probably just going to cook a brisket, maybe two chickens, maybe two racks of ribs, then the cooler or coolers approach is perfectly, perfectly sufficient. Perfectly fine. Yep. And, and the only difference of what I do is I will typically take my cooler, um, boil some water or get it to suit really hot, dump it into the cooler about 30 to 45 minutes preceding adding the meat. And then once the cooler's nice and steamy hot, I then take, dump all that hot water out and then put the meat in a pan at the bottom of the cooler and the cooler's already nice and warm. So I'm not essentially using the meat to heat the cooler, but the cooler's already warm. But yeah. I think we're on the same point on that item. Cool. All right. So for me, number four would be my Thermopro Insta Read thermometer. Um, I love this thing and I have multiple food thermometers. I have an analog one. This one is digital. Um, but I love it because when I want to, I, I never always trust the temperature that I'm seeing on my remote. I just, I always want to open it and double check to make sure that things are lining up and generally they're within one or two degrees of each other. And it just gives me that peace of mind that everything is functioning as is because you, if it's not functioning properly, you tend to find out too late, right? When I've had probes go bad, it's because I'm like, this thing has been on the smoker for a couple hours and it's still reading the wrong, you know, a temperature that's too low or way too high. And I go out and test it, start feeling it. And I'm like, you know what, this, this is off. And then I use a second thermometer like, uh oh, you know, bad probe. So, um, but the other reason why I like an instant read thermometer is because, and it should be fairly obvious that I don't want to let all my heat out of my smoker. So when I open that bad boy up, I don't want to have to remove the meat to check the temperature to put it back in. 
And I don't want to have to hold the door open longer than I have to because it has to ramp back up and get back up to temp, to, especially when I'm cooking multiple things. So being able to open that thing up, probe it quickly, get a temp, and then close it back up is invaluable uh, to maintaining a consistent cooking process. Yeah, I am probably will say um, I'm right along with you with the Instarete. I use a Thermapen. They, they tend to be a bit more expensive. Um, uh, and again, I think you can, I, I do think reality is you could probably go with anyone. Um, and I'm specifically in the winter times, I'm always concerned about opening up and leaving uh, my, uh, my smoker open because it takes, it, it's an effort for it to get to its temperature and maintain it. Therefore, it's more important. Like if, when you're, many pellet smokers don't have you're almost a, I mean, Chris, you're dealing with like a, almost a half inch of, you know, uh, steel is like keeping your smoker, mm-hmm. um, nice and warm. So even when you open the door and close it, it's back at rock solid temperature really quick. For me, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a journey for it to get back to temperature. So without a doubt, an instant read is good. And uh, again, I do use an instant read in conjunction with, I, I, I watch some of the YouTube smokers and they don't maintain like anything, any probes in their, the smoker, which to me means, I might have to look more. So I, I do like keeping a probe in at all times, but it doesn't matter how many probes you put in the meat. If you want to check it two or three different places in your meat as to where it's at cook wise, you're going to need an instant read. You're not going to have that many probes sitting in your meat the entire cook time. So for me, yeah, the, the Thermapen IR, uh, which just gives me that instant read, like bang, I can get two or three quick spots in it and know the exact temperature of the meat and, and move on is, uh, is good. I mean, I'm talking, if I'm getting three spots, I might have my smoker open for about 10 seconds as I get my readings and then can close it up and keep going. All right, cool. So at this point, I'm going to bring up another honorable mention before I go into my number three pick. And uh, this one is my burger press. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Now, let me say this. I am a burger dude, right? I've been making burgers and eating burgers and enjoying burgers for a long time. Every restaurant I ever worked at, whether it be a fast food restaurant, I worked at, uh, I've worked at uh, gourmet restaurants. I've interned at hotels. I've done culinary arts in high school and all of these locations, including my own home, I've had to make burgers and make them from scratch. And all of those places, you know, when you work at a fast food restaurant, the burger patties come pre-made, They're frozen, pre-made, no big deal there. But all the other places, you got to make your own patties and, you you know, you put them in balls, you press them out, uh, whether you do them on a griddle or on an open flame, uh, depending on the restaurant I worked at, you know, you did everything by hand. You weighed them out. And I encourage people to make sure they weigh out their burgers so that they get a consistent cook when they cook them. As opposed to just like, ah, just grab a ball and roll it up. You know, if you weigh them, you know, they're all going to cook evenly and cook the same. And you're not like wondering why, why one's raw, more raw in the middle than, than you expected it to be. So little tip there. But when I decided, uh, the first thing I got was, uh, my, uh, heavyweight press so I could do like smash burgers and I enjoy the heck out of them. You know, it's a different technique. You get a different burger out of it. Um, you, you get like a real searing of the outside real quick. And the, 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 the trick is to prep. You only smash it when you put it in. You never smash it afterwards. Right. And if you leave the paper on top, not only does it help 
uh, cook the burger, but it also helps retain that the size of the burger that you smashed it to. And then you take that little uh, paper off. But um, the burger press just, I, I don't know how I just never thought to do this in, in the beginning, but I got the Weston burger press. I, what I do is I weigh out all the meat that I uh, ground up or that I have. And then I just put it in there, press it real quick, set it on a piece of paper on a, on a wax paper and just keep it moving. And just the absolute consistency you get with every single burger it is amazing. You know, you, it, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of the grilling process. Um, they're all uniform. So when you put them on the bun, you're not wondering like, uh oh, this one, you know, this is the dad burger. Yeah. You know, Cause the burger is three times the size of the bun. Uh, this is the baby burger. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just abs- every burger. It just comes out perfect. And I love this thing and I will never go back to hand pressing them. And I've done hand pressed burgers for years, but, uh, my burger press is just absolutely awesome. And you bought the same one, right? I have the exact same one. Yes. Yeah. That Western burger press. So if for foot and you know, it's, it's not, really that expensive and the, the cool thing about it, it's only like uh, 25 bucks and the cool thing about it is you can choose the size of your burgers right so you can add um, make them from a quarter pound to three quarters of a pound you just uh, it has a knob that you adjust the height um, of what you're pressing down on and that's it and it, everything else is a piece of cake uh, on this thing so definitely definitely an honorable mention for me uh, of one of my favorite uh, gadgets or tech pieces that I use We've mentioned it before on the show, the burger press, but I like it because, again, consistent thickness. If you may use that in conjunction with your scale, you ensure that, you know, every burger has the right amount of meat and you'd be, you'd be surprised how far you are off when you just grab meat and put in your hand and say, all right, that looks like, you know, six ounces or five ounces or eight ounces, whatever size burgers you're making. Uh, you'd be surprised how far you can be off by up to an ounce plus or minus every single burger. And when you, when you just start grabbing, you start weighing it out, you start realizing like, all right, you know what a five ounce burger is probably, it's probably the right. It, Cause it gives me the perfect thickness that I want, at least with that burger press, five ounces to me is the exact amount that I want on any uh, one burger. And for my kids, it's great because if they like, they'll, they don't mind cooking their own burgers. So I will often, once we've, ground meat, when I bring it back home, I'll press out a bunch of burgers and I'll leave it between the paper. So all we just throw them in the freezers, two burgers at a time or four burgers at a time. And the kids can just go in there and grab two burgers, pull it out or let it thaw, pull them out, take the paper off, season, drop them on, they're done. And they know that they're having a, you know, 50, 50 Chuck and brisket. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a perfect honorable mention. Cool. So on to my number three pick. And this one took me by storm. And this is my spit jack <laughs> food injector. I have had a ton of food injectors. And, the, you know, I've gone through the battle. When, when you're first getting into injecting food, you, you're like, oh, I'm going to put everything in this liquid. And then I'm going to try to inject it in there. And then all of a sudden it starts getting stuck in the needle. And then so you realize, okay, depending on what, I, what I'm injecting, I might need to get something that supports different size needles. And then I tell you, one of the ones that early on that was my favorite was the one that was uh, attached to the end of the baster, right? Because it had such a big needle and the baster, it was simple. Yeah, you just squeeze the bulb, pull in the liquid, 
push it in, squeeze it and, and go. And that was one of my favorites. The ones I don't like are the ones with the plastic ends because inevitably, and maybe this is just me and my monster hands, but inevitably I start when I, when I go to inject, I start pulling away. It starts to pull away from the thread because usually the injector part where you're, you know, injecting the liquid in is, is where you screw it to the, to the plastic part. And it, it just always seems to fail on me. And then I'm going to push and then all of a sudden I'm just pulling the top off, off the injector and it just, it's, it becomes a mess. So those I don't like at all. The metal ones I find hold up pretty well, but even those start to rust a little bit if you leave it in, you know, you're in the sink too long and start to mess up. Uh, or, you know, once you start having issues with the, the kind of like the Mickey Mouse thumb uh, parts of it, you know, it has like the two holes for your fingers to go in and then your thumb goes in the top one. Um, I, I find issues with those and I end up just replacing them because yeah, they're they're a little bit on the expensive side, but you know they tend to. That's where they tend to fail, either because rust or whatever the case. But the spit jack has a caliper on it, and it's just it has a spring in between the caliper, so it's always pushing itself back out. It has multiple needles on it, and so and, and so when I just fill up the liquid and it allows you to adjust the amount of liquid that is injected with each squeeze. So you can set it on one setting where when you squeeze it, a lot of liquid comes out, but then you can set it on a a shorter setting that when you squeeze it, only a little bit of liquid comes out. I love that feature, right? Because depending on what I'm injecting and how I'm moving the needle around, yeah, I may not want to put a ton of liquid in there, especially like a chicken. It tends to hold the liquid more. So I don't mind pushing more liquid into the chicken, but a brisket, because you're trying to run that needle in between in, in the, uh, in the striations of the muscle, but it, it's still denser. So a lot of those liquids end up being pushed back out. And so I don't want to push too much liquid in at a time. So having that capability on a spit jack, I think is pretty awesome. And just the amount of fluid it holds, the the ease of which I can maneuver the uh, injector around, because I think a lot of people don't realize that when you inject your meat, you don't want to just keep jamming it in there and uh, jam and inject, jam and inject. You actually want to inject the needle into the meat, and then you want to squeeze fluid in different angles in the one injection hole. So I will inject, I'll push the needle in, squeeze a little bit, pull it out a little bit, angle the needle a different direction, push it back in, squeeze a little bit more, pull it back out a little bit, angle it a complete opposite direction, squeeze a little bit. So that one hole is used to inject fluid in multiple directions. That's the best way to kind of, that I find to inject food. And the spit jack just makes it so easy to do that. So I'll agree with you on the injector. I haven't gone the route of the spit jack yet, even though it is, it's on my list of, uh, devices that you have that I deeply envy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I will say, I mean, you've seen people using the spit jack where they, it almost looks like they have it fed into a bottles, like of their, like what they want to inject into the meat. So that way you just have a continuous supply versus having to stop, refill, go, stop, refill, go. But I think for me, the game changer with the injectors were, I, I one, I stopped using butter so much because as soon as you put a piece of metal into a cold piece of meat 
and then the first bit of injection you get, you'll get one good run. But now that it's cold, the next bit of butter just jams up in there. But the other thing that I felt always got clogged was if you were trying to inject with seasonings in your liquid is that seasonings would clog up the injector hole. So for me, and Spitjack has this as well. I don't want something that's like a needle that you're extracting blood out of a human body. I want something that looks like, like something that's a massive hole. Like you're trying to drill a cavern into it, which allows me to get more through. And I, I know that I'm going to run a lower risk of it seizing up because if you had a little bit of butter in what you were doing, that that seized up and froze the whole tube up. And now you're renting and trying to clean it out. But more importantly, a, a couple little grains of seasoning aren't going to clog this whole thing up. So for me, definitely with you on that, but I, I like the larger injectors so that I have to worry a little less about my seasonings. Yeah. And uh, that's the one thing I really like about this is not a, not only does it, the, it has multiple size injectors, um, that you can screw into it, depending on what you're pushing through it. But a lot of the injectors have holes in multiple directions. So it makes it easier when you're squeezing once to really do what I was telling you to do manually. It does it automatically for you because that that injector is shooting out liquid in different directions. Now, yeah. the one tip that I'll give folks is when it comes to injectors is a lot of times after a while, after you use it for a while, it becomes like really hard to to squeeze the injector. And that's because the O-ring that's on the plunger is just dry. So what I do is when I, after I've washed it and I'm about to use it, I'll just take like a little Crisco oil and just rub around the O-ring to make sure that it's sliding smoothly up and down inside the, uh, the actual container that, you know, the other part of the injector. So if you ever find that your injector is getting stuck and it's getting really hard to inject it, just, just nothing wrong with taking some butter or some, you know, Crisco oil or something just to lubricate the outside of that ring so that it can slide very smoothly up and down inside the uh, track. All right. So you ready to roll to number two? Cause I know that this is where we get controversial and we, we part ways a little bit. Yeah. We part ways here. So for me, in my uh, top five, my number two came in off the top rope, and uh, this is my meter thermometer. I, you know, I'm not going to spend another hour talking about this thing because we've talked about it so much. But I love this thing. This meter remote thermometer has so much going for it. Uh, from the app that that is used, the app is really well laid out. It has a lot of information in it for you uh, to keep to help you keep track of your cooks, like I mentioned earlier. And then also just the, uh, uh, my favorite feature, the fact that it not only gives you the meat temperature, but the ambient temperature around the meat. Very important, especially for folks with larger smokers that may have a different temperature on one side of the smoker or at a different level in the smoker than the, than the other just understanding what's going on around the meat, invaluable information. And uh, But for you, it's not your number two. Did you have a separate number two? Yes, I, I'll go with my smoke tube. Actually, that's probably my perfect number two. I want to first co-sign with you on the meter piece because to me, that's my number one. And the reason why it's one, um, we, I think we both have the meter block, uh, which is where you get the four probes. I'm a very big fan of putting multiple probes into the meat that I'm cooking because again, I want it to be as, I want it to have the least amount of interruption to my daily life. Uh, I want to be able to go out and do woodworking or something like that while the, the food is cooking. So, and then I can just 
be able to monitor or be notified if I need to go take a peek at something or something is getting to where it's important for me. Um, so I could not agree with you enough on the meter. The reason why I smoke tea for me is a bit more important. The way you cook it is, I'd say it's closer to an offset smoker than what I have, without a doubt. I mean, when you're cooking with pellets, you're struggling to get smoke flavor into your meat. It's not to say that you can't. And what I found the way I do get it in is I do leverage a smoke tube and I try to put the same pellets inside of there. I may put a couple pieces of, you know, like wood chips inside of there as well. And then I get that thing lit so that it's already good and burning and getting clean smoke. So when I put the meat on, you know, the first at least two hours, two to three hours, it's developing a bit more of a smoke flavor that you typically can't get unless you use an offset smoker. And I don't want to, don't want to confuse that a smoke tube is going to give me what an offset smoker is. Cause I'm not, I'm not crazy like that, but it does give me the ability to get a better smoke flavor than I would if I didn't use a smoke tube. So for me, I guess my number two would be the smoke tube. All right, cool. My number one, definitely with the flame boss temperature controller for my smoker. I've had that thing for a couple of years now. And it's just been tried and true. Just even though I wish they would update the look of the actual device, the the app that they have, the information you get from the app, you know, just being able to understand when I open the door because I can see the temperature drop. And then when I close it and the ability to access my controls via a website or my phone, the ramp up, the ramp down. So the alerting that it has. When I open the door on my smoker, I immediately get an alert that says, hey, it looks like your your uh, smoker door is open, so we're going to shut the fan off for you so you don't get a flame up. And then when, it shut, when I shut the door and walk away, you know, maybe I'm spraying, maybe I'm wrapping, it'll say, okay, it looks like that your, your door is closed, and so we're going to start bringing the temperature back up. I love that interaction <laughs> with the Flame Boss. They have different types of devices. So they have ones that are just pretty much internet only. They have one that has a device. The controller, you know, is the controller and the fan on is is one where it's they're mixed together. The other one is like a controller with a separate fan uh, with multiple probes. And I love the incorporation of using both the Flame Boss with the meter. You know what I mean? It just gives me multiple levels of control, multiple levels of information. And by far, my favorite device that I've purchased so far. All right. I will say, uh, I mean, as everybody knows, my meter is my number one. So when I use the egg, I think DigiQ was the kind of the big thing at the time. And then you've had flame balls have come in. And then what's the other one that you have? Um, uh, DigiQ and a barbecue guru. They're the same. Barbecue guru. Yeah. yeah same, the same company. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's modernized to that, but um, I will agree with you. Like, when you're dealing with um, a smoker that you can regulate airflow and temperature, stuff like that with these, these technologies, again, I, I, I know early on when you, we were watching some of the barbecue pit master shows, it was like, you know, they were just railing these guys. Oh, you're just, you're just a glorified oven that you're cooking on. But while they're winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While they're winning. But for me, for me, I'm fine with that glorified oven. I'm getting the smoke flavor I want in the food. I'm getting great barbecue. And I, I you know, I have, I have four kids and I got other things to do and I don't want to just sit around and have to baby a fire, a flame and constantly checking every little 
little piece as uh, I'm cooking. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. Like if you can use something like flame boss to make the cook that much easier for you, psh, man, don't hesitate. And, and for the haters, let them hate. I, uh, screw that, man. It just, there's no point in struggling when you're, it, especially because there's so many other variables that will determine whether or not your food is good or not. I, I eat overcooking, whether or not you're going to be feeding it to the dogs or it, trying to bury it in chili because you're embarrassed. You, you, you made a mistake. For me, without a doubt, let, leverage these tools because they, they do make the process easier and you feel more comfortable saying, I got to run to the store and get a couple things or I'm going to go watch my daughter play soccer. You just, you feel like you can do it because you know that I don't have to worry about unless something gets jammed in the chute or something crazy happens. I don't have to worry about temperature spike up or downward. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so I guess that's going to do it for this episode, man. That was a lot of fun. I I never really just sat back and thought about the uh, all of my favorite devices all at once. So to hopefully folks can uh, share in our Discord and on Twitter with the devices that they use, you know, because I'm definitely down. If somebody has something cool that they use, and I'm definitely down to check it out. I'm always looking for stuff to make my process easier. I'm still playing around with the Barbecue Guru controller. Um, like I said, there's some things that I definitely really like about it over the flame boss. Um, but there are a lot of things that I don't like about it over the flame boss. So I can't, I, in fact, I need to call them, kind of talk to them about it a little bit, but, uh, there's another temperature controller out there, um, that our local store sells that I want to check out as well too. So there's, yeah, so we're definitely going to keep going down that path as well. Yes. All right. So I think we don't need to do picks. But we do no. need to help everybody know how they can support the show. And I know we, yes. we try to vary this from week to week. But here's the thing. if When you listen to the show, you're saying, you know what? I enjoy listening to this because I just enjoy cooking. And, and what hopefully, I mean, at least if it's based upon what I see on Twitter and what I see in our, our Discord, there are bits and pieces of each one of these shows that I, I feel do make some people a better cook, or at least for others might only validate I was right. This is exactly what I was supposed to be doing. So sometimes I think you look, people look for guidance or recommendations on some ways to make their barbecue better. Sometimes you're looking for, um, a validation that what you've been doing is what others are doing and is the right thing to do. So regardless of what you received out of this, if you found some value in the show, even just a little bit, Hey, help sponsor us. Help, help us continue to produce these shows. And well, this is the one time that you'll hear me ask you say, if other than just doing thumbs up and stuff like that, if you fit, say, you know what? I got value out of this show and I'm willing to be one of your Patreons and I'm willing to contribute, whether it be a dollar, three dollars, seven dollars, whatever, you know, whatever level that you feel makes sense for me to be a contributor on Patreon, head over to barbecueandtech.com, click on the Patreon link and then, yeah come and help sponsor the show. It's, again, it allows us to do these things, but more importantly, it allows us to try out new things. Like when we are taking seasonings and we're trying those out. One last tip for you guys, if you want to try something really cool. I was just in uh, Denmark and I brought one of my colleagues who loves the barbecue. He's based in Germany. I brought him some seasonings because what I wanted to do is impart upon him some of the seasonings that I like to use here I'm not saying it's about stepping his barbecue game up because I've never had his barbecue. But what I am saying is about, it's about sharing with him seasonings that he may have 
never considered trying. And now at no real financial cost out of his pocket, he has a, a bunch of different barbecue seasonings that he can add to his repertoire. And hopefully it opens his eyes up to like, man, I didn't realize like I like this flavor profile. I want to mix these in with what I'm doing. So pick a barbecue seasoning that you love and as somebody who you know that likes to barbecue and for no reason at all, just send it to him. Oh, that that alone is a game changer for a lot of people in barbecue. And one more thing we should mention, too, is like we still got our barbecue and tech store. We still have quite a few cutting boards on there that are still available before we start ramping up on new ones. Yes. So I think there's a couple ashtrays left um, that are uh, and all these things are made by Rod and myself. So handmade, you know, with all the love and care of folks that really like doing what we do. So you got to have a great cutting board. Pretty soon, we're going to have to start ramping up production again. The weather's changing over. Things are, you know, it's just, it was just getting rough. During- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In the winter, it was getting really cold outside. And uh, so what uh, definitely looking to start making some butcher blocks soon. So, yeah, so head over to barbecueandtech.com forward slash store and uh, see if there's something in there that you like. Uh, other than that, I think we out. Peace. Peace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.